Welcome to Amplify Ambition. I'm Kristen Edwards, leadership consultant and your guide to implementing custom strategies based on your personality type. This is the podcast where you get to evaluate your zones of genius and create your best life by growing a business that works for you instead of you working for it. Let's dive in because your next level of success is within reach once you decide to dream loudly. I am so excited because not only do I bring on hand-selected awesome people that are able to share their knowledge and wisdom, but I have actually known this guest probably nine or 10 years now, and not that we're old, but just because um, our paths were able to pass across such a long time ago. Um, And so when I tell you that it is not just experience that has brought Anna to where she is today, but also her education. And um, as she shares her journey, recognize that she did all the work that was required to get to where she is. Did she need all of the work? Probably not. She's a natural, but she did get the extra letters behind her name to prove her credibility. And we'll talk about why um, in her story as well. But I am so excited to welcome Anna Takahama to the show. Thanks, Kristen. I've been following you from the beginning and religiously are listening to every episode um, and just in awe of your ability to just bring out people's stories um, through this specific podcast. So really excited to be here. Um, So my name is Anna Takahama. I am a money mindset coach. um, And yeah, a little about me. I am uh, financially a single, um, 36-year-old Japanese-American woman. Um, I am self-taught and um, sort of a self-created entrepreneur in terms of being a money mindset coach. My former life where I met Kristen was in higher education. And so our paths crossed through um, our master's program that we were both in together. Um, however, um, after I graduated from uh, Northeastern, I spent another um, close to a decade being in higher ed, working through different roles in student involvement, student activities and orientation. Um, and then sort of found myself um, pivoting and pivoting um, and feeling like I really couldn't pivot anymore after I spent some time abroad um, in Germany, thinking maybe this was the answer. And then of course, the pandemic changed everyone's life. Um, and, and I felt like I was ready for something new. So I pivoted into um, not working at all. So I left my job, my full-time position, really with nothing lined up, thinking I just needed a fresh start and I needed to take a chance on me. And that's when I reconnected with Kristen, knowing that she had all along um, after leaving Northeastern and moving on, had been in this entrepreneurial space in many different ways. And so I've been watching her closely. Um, So I had the chance to sort of have one of those conversations where we reconnected and uh, just to talk through some of the things, but really from that point on, you know, sort of orbited around Kristen and uh, began my journey as a um, sort of a financial literacy and education coach. Thank you so much for sharing that and for introducing yourself. Um, Before we dive into some of the rules for success that you have created and actually lived out as well, um, before I ended up more into this uh, leadership focus of business, I 
branded myself as a multi-passionate coach. And so really being able to do all the things. So I want to ask you, what is that thing that you love or do that is not, not on brand for you as a money mindset coach? Um, so for me, like what is sort of not a part of my brand officially, but is, and I would say that includes, um, bubble tea, all things bubble tea. I feel like, uh, my friends and family know me as the person who every new city I'm in, I'm always looking for a bubble tea shop and really experiencing, um, that deliciousness of those tapioca balls in the tea. Uh, something else that I was thinking about is, you know, I'm a nineties kid through and through. And so, um, for me, my like happy place lives within 90s sitcoms, like family-based sitcoms, right? So we're talking Sister, Sister, Moesha, Family Matters, um, Living Single, right? All these different types of sitcoms. And it is not the best TV, but it, there is something about it that I feel like I always walk away with a lesson learned and a perspective that um, is very nostalgic for me. And so that also sort of extends into my music too. Um, and I think, um, although I was born in 94, um, not everyone knows that I'm, you know, a hardcore sort of like 90s R&B and hip hop kid too. Did you say you were born in 1994? 1984. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Did I say 94? I mean, that's fine. You can chop off a couple of years. You look good. So no one will know. <laughs> I just called oh. you out, I guess. <laughs> you probably could have gotten away No, thank it. you. I was like, no, definitely 84. So that makes me a 90s kid in my teens. So makes sense. Um, and thank you so much for sharing that. So I definitely knew about the bubble tea, of course. I actually didn't know about your 90s nostalgia, but like the 90s were great. So why not? <laughs> um, all right. So let's dive into this because you started talking about your journey of going from, you know, higher education into the world of entrepreneurship. But as we kind of figure out what our paths are, like what help, helped you to land on money mindset? Why was financial wellness something that became so important to you? Yeah. So it's actually a big part of my journey. And so being, um, you know, a a woman of color, right? Being Asian American. Um, I feel like a lot of folks, um, especially women, women of color are not given a lot of tools around financial literacy and, and just sort of like how to manage your money period. Um, you know, there's nothing in high school. I would say there's very minimal things in college, if any, but you would have to have sought those things out um, or perhaps been a business major and be around Excel spreadsheets and things like that. And so for me, I was awful with money. Um, and I know Kristen sort of heard my story before, but um, if you asked me um, when I was 30, like where I was with my finances, how much debt I had, what, how much money I had in my checking account, if I had a savings account, um, I would be like sort of stumbling through numbers and not really being able to give you a clear picture. And part of that was like, I was so awful with money. Um, I had no savings. I was living paycheck to paycheck. I had over close to $60,000 of debt at that point between credit cards, so consumer debt and student loan debt. And I was living in denial, shopping a lot and, and sort of spending everything that came in because I thought that's what was going to make me happy and lead me to 
um, you know, feeling good about myself. And um, over a, a long period of time, I would say the last six or six or so years, um, I had my own money mindset journey. I did not know that's what it was called back then. It was just me figuring out my finances step by step and educating myself and listening to podcasts and reading books and all those different things, but making a lot of mistakes along the way too around big money decisions. And um, when I got to the end of it, that's also sort of coincided with this point where I was like, I really want to start something that's my own. And what I realized that was like in my own way, I got to this place where hey, I could definitely share sort of the blueprints of what I went through to understand everything fundamentally, not just um, the tangible budgeting, savings, debt reduction, but really the mindset work that lives behind um, your, how you relate to money, right? So that includes, you know, what were your sort of inherited beliefs from your family, the people who raised you? Um, how have you sort of related to and thought about money growing up? Did you grow up poor or was there a lot of money and like those decisions were not a consideration, right? There's sort of two ends of that spectrum too. And so for me, I grew up in a poor household, um, especially like growing up from probably like 12 all the way through college. I was working multiple jobs, supporting my family. So putting in half my paycheck into the household budget, making sure there's food on the table, supporting my siblings and my single parent mom um, while still trying to like save a little bit of money, but AKA I was mostly spending it. Right. And so I was doing a lot of unlearning in the last six years. Um, and that's what I get to do with my clients. So, uh, with my clients, we go through a lot of, um, sort of the psychology of how we think and believe, um, about our, our belief systems and sort of our mindset that exists around, money. I, I definitely like how you break down the fact that, you know, we can take those stories, recognize the the root of whatever we are, because even if you're a crazy saver, like that's just as much stress as being a ridiculous spender that has $2 in their bank account. Um, and obviously stress in two different ways, but still stressful nonetheless. And so recognizing, hey, I got it from XYZ family member, or I did the exact opposite of how I was raised as a form of rebellion. Um, but one of the things that I love is that you talk about how you paid down your debt and were still able to travel the world, how you still kept having your bubble tea and your, your, your well, it's a local shop, but your local coffee shop um, and kind of being able to enjoy the millennial fun things of life. Um, while still getting your financial situation in order. And I think that's the exact opposite of how um, many of us were raised. And I'll leave the names out of it, but there's some financial gurus that are like, you want to cut out your credit card debt? Stop eating. And you're like, wait, what? Um, and they go to that extreme. And like, obviously, <laughs> yes, it technically works, but not enjoyable in the process. So I'd love for you to share a little bit more about that balance that you were able to create and how you share that with them. Um, folks too. Thanks for sort of reminding me about that, Kristen. I think it's funny because um, there's a lot of sort of stereotyping around financial coaching and like getting good with your money. And a lot of that is like, if you cut out every luxurious expense that's eating out, um, right, going out for a sushi or going out and getting coffee in the morning, it might be um, all those avocado toasts, like all that bullshit that exists. Um, but really like that, the that rhetoric, right, that we have to live so in such scarcity that, um, you know, we have to be 
frugal in order to right get financially sort of financially independent and i just don't believe that to be true because first of all like our lives are going to pass us and we're going to be miserable trying to get um to the point where we find financial freedom at the end are you really going to be happy and so for me over those last six years when i went through my own journey a lot of that like there was travel like i traveled and did my first solo trip and my second one for the first time back in 2017 and I like budgeted for that. So yes, I was still paying down my money and I was still saving uh, money in sort of different accounts. I had one specific for traveling. So that way I could splurge and go to Denmark by myself and experience that and what that meant. Um, and I think, you know, what brings you joy, that's different for everyone. So whatever that is for you, that might be, um, you're somebody who really likes collectibles and, and that brings you joy. Well, you should have a separate account, you know, where you're setting aside a little bit of money to, to buy those things for yourself, whatever that is. For some other folks, it's like, you know, they love being outdoors and they love, you know, going and doing climbing and like extreme things like that, that I wouldn't necessarily do, but those things cost money too, right? And so um, whatever those things are that bring you joy, I think that should still be at the center of of your life and your goals because as you begin to align yourself with what brings you joy it'll sort of remind you like hey these are the reasons why i want to get financially well not necessarily because so and so is telling me to right my coach anna is telling me to but if it's about who you are and what's important the alignment will sort of come naturally which is what i'm able to sort of show and like peel the curtains for my, my clients is sort of reminding them, like, if you put your why in the center, everything will fall into place, which I think is great. And the other part of this is I'm not perfect. So like, yes, I'm a money mindset coach, but I have my ups and downs with my own finances. And I know I don't talk about that as much on social media, but like, for, for example, recently I was feeling kind of like a little bit down about my own money mindset, right? And part of that was it's been challenging to go from having a steady income and knowing that you're saving this much money and you're able to, you know, um, you know, make sure all your bills are covered X, Y, and Z. And I've been doing a lot of contract freelancing work over the last since last August. And so for me, I've had to really shrink my budget in terms of what I was spending, how I was savings, those kinds of things. And recently I went back full-time work just to like have a, an influx of finances because that was really stressing me out and driving a lot of my decisions and also i think was hindering how i was coaching people which also led me to take a little bit of a break um knowing that like i wanted to be at my best as a coach for others um and also to feed my own and like get into a place of more thinking more abundantly about money, uh, which is, you know, those, I think ups and downs are natural too. And, and I try to keep that um, honesty with my clients. Cause I think that's really important to acknowledge that this journey is like, just not as straight and narrow as you think it is. It's just, you know, a lot of ups and downs and sideways and curvy cues and, and loop-de-loops that um, that's just what life is. So here comes my Enneagram moment um, and, and listening to you to talk. So for those of you that don't know, Anna is a type two and so type two known as the helper. And so one of the things that I've witnessed and obviously coming from higher education, you're just expected to pour out and give and 
they do want you to pour from an empty cup, literally, um, no matter what. And that's not just higher ed. That's a lot of other, you know, industries, especially nonprofit. They, you're there to give. Um, and so recognizing for yourself, like, hey, if I want to be able to show up, if I want to be able to help others and to serve, I'm going to have to take that pause in my own life. And so like kudos to you on putting up those boundaries, and doing what you need to for yourself. Yes, I think the boundaries, Kristen, were so important. And it was actually quite unnatural for me because like you said, right, like I was sort of coming from a place of like, in service to others. And I think that's like heart-centered work, period, right? That's our nonprofit folks. It's our folks really serving anyone else. And, and I think that could be corporate or otherwise. Um, and it wasn't a normal practice for me, but I think more than ever as an entrepreneur, as a coach, it's something I have to do is I have to check in with myself and ask the hard questions like, am I in a good place, right? Do I have the right headspace to be supporting other folks? And um, am I going to be able to be the the kind of coach that I want to be? And um, I was at a crossroads where I was like, I actually don't think so. Um, which, you know, I think surprisingly, um, it's, it's hard to admit to myself too. Um, because I was like, all right, like usually right in past on a lives where I've worked a nine to five, I've been able to say, well, I'll get through this too. Right. Like, let's just keep going through this. And if I fake it till I make it like life will work out and it's cool. But, um, I think when you are all things in your business, not just the coach, but also the person who's doing all the admin work and making sure that you're doing the marketing and you're doing the recruiting. Um, I felt like I needed to at least be at a certain point, which is sort of what I've been doing over the last few months, not just personally, but also, um, filling all parts of my cup, if you will. Yeah. And I think the fact that you're able to recognize that and take the break or re reassess and readjust as you need to, that's what makes you an effective leader. That's what's going to make you a better coach on the next round of whatever it is you're doing with your next private clients, even um, on a consulting basis. And I know you've done that speaking and training and other things. When you show up into that space, virtual or real, thank you, 2021 still going. Um, but when you show up into that space, you're coming from a place of rest and you're serving at your best. And that's going to allow you to make an even greater impact. And when you share personal parts of your story, along with the lessons of financial wellness and, and how can I do better, it's going to be in a way that resonates with people that they're going to say, Hey, it's possible, you know, for me to one day become a millionaire. If I start now and start making little shifts. Um, my favorite thing about working with you was like, I don't have to give up Starbucks. Thank you. Because <laughs> it was like, there were, there were moments. And like, I will say earlier in my twenties, there were moments that I was like, I can be poor. I just have Starbucks. It's okay. Um, and so now, you know, 10 years later, we have a balance um, of, okay, save $10, spend $10 on Starbucks. It's not getting any cheaper. Um, exactly. And so I, I love that you can do that, but to recognize that for yourself, because the most effective leaders know how to lead themselves. They know how to take it from a foundation of like, I want this for others, but I have to do it for myself first. And that's where the experience becomes a great teacher um, as well. 
but I mean, there, there's so much, right? I, I can just like hear Dr. Johnson in all of our classes. And like, obviously we rolled our eyes when she said it to us back then. Um, <laughs> With her big like, old glasses <laughs> and her uh, sassiness. But like, it's, it's all so true. And so for context, for those of you who obviously don't know who our program director was back in grad school, um, we have a master's in psychology and applied psychology. So how does the brain work and how do we train the brain to get it to do things that lead us towards success? That's the short version um, of, of it. And so I just love that you've been able to find that for yourself. And that's what helps you to go back out and now help others create that same success or progress in their own lives. Yeah, a hundred percent. It's funny you brought up Dr. Johnson because I actually did work for her at one point towards the end of the program. So in the last year of the program running, I was able to like work right alongside her and support grad students through their practicum experience, which is really cool. Um, but nonetheless, when you talk about like the Starbucks and and feeling really good about not having to give that up, I think everyone has that Starbucks, right? Like whatever that is for you. Um, if that's a delicious treat like Starbucks, or it might be, you know, some folks like to get a pedicure every so often, you know, whatever it is. And I know I'm saying a lot of things that are, are tied to mostly female identified folks, right? Like when we say pedicures and things, but um, for, it can be whatever it is for you. Um, and maybe that's washing your car because you adore your car so much and you spend a good amount of money on it. I think those like little splurges are still what brings us joy day to day. Because I know for me, if I had to wait until my travel moments to feel, you know, so happy and joyous, like those would be like long, long periods of time in between where I'm not traveling and not feeling those things. So I think in moderation, those things are always great. And as long as you budget for it. Right. And so I tell people have an opportunity to sort of have like a, a fund of money. That's like, you get to spend it however you want to uh, treat yourself fund or whatever you want to call it. Um, that will bring you a lot of joy in those stressful days and also give you some of that flexibility to spend without worrying. Like, am I going to be able to make all my bills? Have I paid the debt down that I need to? Um, you know, I, I want to buy a house. Am I even getting close to that goal? Whatever that may be for you. Um, and I know we're talking a lot about tangible pieces of, of money, but um, I think the mindset work is equally, um, the, I would say, not equally, but even harder, the harder part of, of moving towards a place of, of feeling really comfortable and confident in how you think about finances, um, because we've been conditioned to think about money in a very particular way, especially in this country, all right, like cash is king, right? We think about how if you have a lot of money, power, and success, those are the keys to life. Now, yes, like I'm not writing those words, so, so, so sorry about that, but um, we're taught that like that is what success is, and I think success can be so many other things, um, you know, and what does it mean to live a full, joyous life? It isn't always tied to money, um, and I think that's a lot of what naturally the, my clients get to figure out along the way, which I think is really great. Yeah, I had a guest on the show probably back in May or so, and we were talking about the definition of success. And obviously that's the whole thing is to create success on your own terms. But one of the things that we said was like, if success equals money for you, you need to go back to the drawing board because mm. that's not going to get you there at the end of the day. Now, 
money can buy you a happy moment. I'm not denying it. Like you said, we do live in America. Um, and so we're going to need money for food on the table just as much as to travel across the globe and experience certain things. But recognizing that I'm looking forward to the experience I'm going to have on that trip. And that's the joy. But also, can I do that at the neighborhood park one Saturday? Because it's going to take me, depending on where you're going, is that three months or maybe two years if it's some crazy backpacking adventure um, in terms of saving while still living the rest of your life. And so I definitely like that you kind of said, you know, finding what brings you joy, um, not to give everyone a definition, but like, that's not your definition of success, creating joy in your life um, as well. So thank you for sharing that. So I, I am going to still ask this question, but feel free to kind of answer it how you, you feel it needs to be formed based on kind of what you teach. But what are like two or three rules for success that you try to live by and share with your clients as well? This is a, a harder question for me because I think, um, mindset work and belief work is really personal. And so the way we shift and move through that um, looks different for everyone. But for me, rules for success have changed. Um, before it used to be a lot about um, sort of the capitalistic ways of success, right? So um, am I hitting you know, certain markers in terms of how much money I'm making annually? Do I have a certain title? Um, am I supervising a certain amount of people, right? It was always sort of tied to numbers. And uh, more and more success is about, um, you know, first of all, what's most important to me and how much time do I get to spend to do those things? Um, for me, um, I'm super family oriented. I live with my mom. And so, you know, finding ways to spend time with her, um, you know, during my off hours is very important, um, including, you know, my sister, her boyfriend, sometimes my brother, he's out of state right now, so I don't see him as often, but finding time uh, to spend with family and friends. Uh, so when I think about what success is, it's about freedom. And um, as I think about rules to get to freedom, I think for me, I guess it does go back to mindset. So um, what does my routine look like? And I know there's a lot of very specific regimented routines for entrepreneurs. I don't know if folks have had the chance to read any of these books or listen to podcasts and like everyone has like a very specific routine, get up at a certain time. And it's usually kind of crazy hour, like five. Um, and then you got to do like a 20 minutes of every single thing. And by eight, you'll be sort of ready to, to sit down and get started. But for it's, it's making sure that I have time for myself in the morning, whatever that looks like. And then, um, I don't actually use lists anymore. So I used to be super list oriented and I'm sure like Kristen's sort of like rolling her eyes at me a little bit, but um, <laughs> for me, it's actually not about lists anymore. So when I think about what did I accomplish today? Um, I'll ask myself that question. And it's not just about like, did I fold the laundry, right? Did I make a good meal? Did I eat all three meals? Did I drink enough water? Did I exercise? Like all those things are important, but um, how many moments did I get to sit and laugh with someone? Did I feel really um, present when I was having conversations with folks throughout the day? So my measurements of, of like uh, my success for the day is looking different these days. And I think 
Um, it's funny, my, I talk to obviously my therapist on a every other week basis. And um, she's someone that I sort of like look to, to be like, am I making progress? Like, do you see, do you feel like I'm growing? And uh, like therapists, they don't usually tell you yes or no. They're sort of like, well, what do you think? Do you think you're making progress? But um, I had a, a big win, I, I would say recently, a couple of weeks ago, and I was chatting with her because she you know, I, I was talking through my growth and, and sort of the transformation that I've seen in myself since I've started this entrepreneurial journey. And she was like, I actually think you've grown the most in the last four or five months. And I was like, oh, all right. I don't feel like I deserve this, but thank you. Um, I, I felt like it, but I didn't want to say it out loud. But now that you're affirming me, like maybe that is where I'm at. So um, when I say rules to live by, I think defining what a successful day looks like should be on your own terms. And um, if you're someone that likes to be productive, then yeah, include doing laundry and cooking and all those things too. But I think including other types of moments and measurements might be important. So consider that. Um, that was a super long winded answer for one rule. So I'm gonna just do one more rule. <laughs> which is, um, you know, there's comparison metrics that exist for everyone. So I think as humans, we're like, why don't I have X, Y, and Z, you know, my friend group or my family or whomever society is saying that I should be at a certain point in life. Um, I should have certain things, whether that be um, owning my own home, right? I should have five dogs, so many kids, you know, whatever you want, there's a lot of metrics out there. And I just want to say, F it. Don't live by other people's rules because um, it just is going to make you feel less than always. Um, so is that a rule to live by? Like, yes, absolutely. Is it one that's hard to really adapt? Absolutely. But I think the only way to do it is to be 100% yourself, whatever that looks like. And those, the things that are not as shiny or as, um, you know, pretty or comfortable for other people, right? So that might be like the parts of your personality that you don't show as often, show up as your whole self because you deserve that. Um, and then don't worry about what everyone else is doing because in the end, like, it's just you, right? you and like your loved ones, of course. Um, and, and for me, that has been like, yeah, as a 36 year old woman, I don't have any children. And like, people talk to me about that all the time, which is, it's, first of all, it's none of their business, but you know, people really love to have that conversation with me. Oh, you're 36. And right. So how many kids do you have? And I'm like, I have zero kids. And they're like, oh, why? Like, why don't you have children? And I'm like, wow, this is super inappropriate conversation, but it happens quite often. And so for me, right, like making sure that I'm able to have an early retirement and be able to enjoy my life on that, the, the older side, uh, making sure my mom's all set in her retirement, making sure my family's good financially, making sure that I can travel a significant amount when I get older, or, but also right now. So like throughout my life, um, you know, maybe I'll open a bubble tea shop one day. That's something that I've been sort of like mulling with is like, I was like, maybe I want to own a coffee shop. And I was like, actually, no, I think it should be bubble tea. Like the amount that I'm obsessed with it, it should be bubble tea. Um, I want to write a book someday, right? Like all those things that exist, like those get to be my metrics of 
where I'm going in my life. And so sort of screw everyone else's metrics. Like they don't deserve to dictate what your life looks like. I think that's so important. And there's only a million 50 ways that you can say, like create your own rules, write your own rules. And like, yes, there's like laws. Like I'm not saying break the law to create your own rules of success, but recognizing what's going to get you to where you want to be, that you're content with who you are, that you're content with the life that you have created. Um, and not just content that you give up, like you can always have goals. You can always be striving towards something else, but also taking time to celebrate in the moment. Like you said, okay, the last four months have been growth for me. Like go, go celebrate that. Um, something for me was that like, I used to celebrate every little thing and I was like, well, let's bring that in only celebrate the big things. And then I was like, now I need to find the balance, right? Like it's always the two extremes. And so, like you said, it, it's important to have those rules for yourself and creating it and living your life on your own terms, but also recognizing that there's a lot of outside voices and opinions, social media, society, sometimes even our family that's saying, well, this is what means, this is what success means. And so navigating that is definitely a journey, but thank God we have people like you that are able to help us navigate the financial side of that journey and finding that balance of like, okay, this is what I want with my life. And this is how I can get there and celebrate it along the way as well. Whether that's bubble tea, I think you just have like one type of coffee brew so I can visit you at your bubble tea shop. And then like, it works out for all of us. Thank you. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So I appreciate so much of your insight that you have shared and obviously opening up so much on your own journey, both professionally and personally, um, as well. And these insights that all of all of us can take and continue to apply as um, I don't care if you have a million dollars in the bank, your money mindset is still in progress. And um, whether that's $2 or negative $2, or really you, you're the next, um, what did I hear him refer to yesterday is the space cowboy. Um, I believe so that I'm not <laughs> saying his name and getting tagged on, on my podcast for it. But um, <laughs> regardless of how much money you have or people's money that you have access to, um, recognizing that success is on your own terms. And so if you do want to travel into outer space, you can make that a goal that you're working towards, but you can also just like go buy a NASA t-shirt in the meantime and still enjoy that. So thank you so much for sharing your story. Now, how can people work with you, grow from you, connect with you, find you, pay you, all the things? What, where's the best place for them to find you and what, what, what are some of your offers? Absolutely. So um, I am mostly on Instagram and by mostly, I mean exclusively. So that's where you will find me um, at my money beliefs is my handle. Um, so feel free to connect with me there. Um, I try to drop knowledge and information and stories and experiences there uh, for my network. Um, Additionally, I do do, I do do, that's such a strange uh, combination. So um, I offer um, sort of one-off coaching for folks who just need like one hour of my time um, at a very affordable uh, cost. Um, I additionally offer group coaching and hopefully we'll be starting that in September. 
around the time perhaps that this airs. Um, so if you'd like to join me for more of a longer experience, um, we're looking at a six week program, um, a weekly basis for 75 minutes each week, where we connect um, in community with other women identified folks who are experiencing and will be sharing and learning about their money mindset and financial habits uh, together as a group. And although, yes, that sounds very scary, it's actually, quite empowering to be around other folks. And of course you share at your own comfort level. Um, and so those are the ways to connect with me. I do also um, offer financial literacy courses and webinars for colleges. Um, so if you're someone that works at a college and you're looking for someone to come and talk about money in more of an intersectional way um, and also in a values-based way, um, I love to be a part of that experience. Awesome. Thank you. Thank you so much. I will drop the link to your Instagram in the show notes so people can find you and follow you and then connect with you from there. Um, I definitely appreciate you taking the time to hang out and share your story. Also, once you're on Anna's Instagram page, she does, has done a bunch of lives, not only her story, but the story of others that she's connected with um, as well. So I promise you, you are not alone on this journey, whether you were born, you know, in a different country or you were born in America, but not well off, or even if you're well off, we all have our own journey because once your parents cut you off, they cut you off. Um, and so recognizing, or at least hopefully you're learning how to kind of adult in that process. And so wherever you are in your journey, I love the resources that Anna shares. She also shares relevant things, you know, throughout COVID kind of talking about the stimulus checks and student debt relief, question mark, whatever that looks like, um, or, you know, how are taxes and how you- We're kind hoping of for more of it, but- you know, <laughs> give me my 50K, uh, please. Um, but whatever that, you know, looks like. And so it's not just kind of these high pie in the sky type of theories, but also like practical, hey, this check is coming. What are you doing with it? Um, but hey, go find your bubble tea or whatever that drink or treat is for yourself that, that keeps you happy and excited um, with life as well. So again, thank you so much. But everyone go ahead and connect with Anna um, and then shoot her a DM and let her know you found her from this podcast as well. Um, it's, it's always great to have followers, but you always like to know where they come from. So go be nice and say hello <laughs> as, as well. But thank you again, Anna, for hanging out today. Awesome. Thanks, Kristen. Thanks for listening to Amplify Ambition. If you enjoyed this podcast episode, please take a moment to share it on Instagram or your favorite social media platform and tag me at Coach Kent's. I'd also love for you to leave a review on Apple Podcasts to help other ambitious women listen in and join our community to unlock their next level of success. Click the link in the show notes to learn more about on-demand courses or apply to work with me directly. There are limited spots each month for Becoming CEO Intensives, where I show you how to implement a personalized strategy without the cookie cutter tactics so you can achieve your business goals. The reason this works for my clients is because of my unlock method. Many women don't realize that when they learn how to apply the psychology behind their Enneagram type, they're able to confidently take aligned and consistent action that prevents boredom and business burnout. It's time you gain clarity on that next step as you own what makes you unique in the industry. 
Learn more at keycoach.com. Check out the links in the show notes on ways to also stay connected with me between episodes. Until next time, dream loudly.